morning. Um, you know, I'd just like to say this preaching thing is a little hard, but it gets a little harder when your pastor's sitting right in front of you staring at you. <laughs> you know, I'm no stranger to speaking in front of people. The truth is I kind of like it. But being tasked with the Word of God, that's daunting to me. I uh, spend the last, the last few weeks getting very nervous about this and, and praying and praying and praying that uh, I could represent God in a, in a, in a good way. Um, you know, getting into the Word and listening to, for God's voice in it and searching for what God wants me to know is amazing and humbling. If you ever get the opportunity to try, you'll understand what I'm talking about. You know, I, I once heard somebody say that preaching is like going into a dark cave with a miner's helmet on and then finding some very valuable gems and then running out and telling everyone they can find about what they found. So here I am without my miner's helmet. I want to tell you what I found over the last couple of weeks praying and, and reading the scriptures. I know you've all heard about Facebook and Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Reddit. These are all social media sites. There's many more. However, I'm too old to know what they are. Some of you aren't too old and could name a few more. However, they all have one thing in common. The ability to anonymously, or not anonymously, speak your mind in any way that you want to. It could be friendly, or, <clears throat> excuse me, it could be with amazingly vitriolic speech meant to do psychological harm to the object of your rant. Often the comments are anything but nice. Sometimes it's because of a difference of opinion or a difference of political affiliation or just an outright desire to do anonymous harm to people or groups. I'm sure that most of us are familiar with these platforms and some of us may even have participated in those types of comments. I know I've been enticed to participate in a few of these conversations and it usually starts with reading something that I don't agree with or something that is so offensive to me, I feel like I have to speak. Don't do it. It's a trap. It's always a trap. I've never felt good about any of these encounters, and I certainly have never felt blessed. God tells us in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, I know that everyone here wants to produce the righteousness of God. We know these verses. We've studied these verses. We know how God wants us to act. But it's just so very hard when there so, are so many idiots running around on social media. Sometimes, we're those idiots. We post things that we know are inflammatory and hope to get the accolades of like-minded people. But most often, it just invites others who disagree to chime in, and then we're off to the races, and our Christianity is no longer an example to others, but a detriment to the teachings of Christ. I know that in the heat of the moment, we feel as if we're upholding what is righteous and good. 
But later on, when we go over what was written in the heat of the moment, we get a terrible feeling and realize that we spoke too soon or too emotionally and have at the very least made fools of ourselves. Sometimes we're cut to the heart when someone we know reminds us that we are not being a very good example of what it means to follow Christ. However, this is not the problem. This is a symptom of a much larger problem. It's a symptom of our brokenness or our ignorance of the teaching of Christ. Our scripture this morning tells us, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Notice it speaks to all of you. This admonition is for followers of Christ. Everyone who professes Jesus as Lord should have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. By the way, when Peter speaks of unity of mind, he's not speaking of political opinions or economic opinions or even what we should be eating and drinking or wearing and saying. It doesn't refer to our what our theology says in comparison to other Christian theologies. When Peter tells us to have unity of mind, he is talking about our desire to know Jesus and to follow his teachings. Tracy often tells us we are a church made of many different people with many differing opinions, cultures, and ideas. But we're united, we're united on one thing, who Jesus is and what he has done. That is what Peter means when he says to have unity of mind. We love Jesus. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to love God with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our minds and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We want to do that. This brings us to the second thing Peter says, to have sympathy. I mean, what is sympathy? Sympathy literally means to suffer together. Emotion researchers define it as the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. How do we have sympathy? Can we even be sympathetic? Romans 12, 15 tells us, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. How can we be sympathetic if we do not first know our neighbor and what they're going through in life? How can we rejoice with them? How can we mourn with them? How can we relate to them if we don't first know them? Getting to know someone and, and tuning into their feelings, allowing other people in so that they can tune in with our feelings, this is the beginning of loving your neighbor. And who is our neighbor? A lawyer asked that question of Jesus. Jesus responded with the parable of the Good Samaritan. You probably all heard of it. Where a man, presumably Jewish, is attacked, robbed, and left for dead on the side of the road. A priest and a Levite, both considered honorable to the Jewish audience, passed the man by. Then a Samaritan, a person belonging to a culture that the Jewish people of the time would have despised, takes pity on the man. The Samaritan bandages his wounds, 
takes him to an inn, cares for him, and leaves money with the innkeeper to continue the care. When Jesus asks which of these three, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan, acted as a neighbor to the robbed man, the lawyer answers, the one who showed mercy. Jesus replies to him, go and do likewise. Jesus is telling us that our neighbor is everyone. Everyone means everyone. So how do we do this with everyone? In Romans 12, chapter, uh, verses 9 through 21, Paul tells us something very similar to what we heard from Peter this morning. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above ourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Peter and Paul obviously had unity of mind and sympathy for all. Listen, this is not about our social media habits, although we could use some work on that. This is about our relationship with Jesus Christ. This is about our understanding of the mind of Christ. And yes, this is about our brokenness. This might hurt a little bit, and I apologize in advance, but we all tend to be quick to judge. Most times, we judge people or situations before we even know what's going on. I hear it all the time from all sorts of people, Christian and non-Christian alike, myself included. Statements like, if they would just get a job, they wouldn't have a problem. Or, if they just lose a couple of pounds, it might help out. Or how about, why don't they just kick that beggar bum off the street corner? We could go on and on because we've all heard them and maybe thought them or maybe even said them out loud. Basically, our thought is, if you just do things the way I do them, everything would be great. We need to try something new. You know, something I learned about while serving in the ministry at the women's prison was that we really don't know what someone's going through. We don't know what motivates someone to do or say what they do or say. We don't know their pain and circumstances. 
We don't know what we would do if we were in those circumstances. And we won't ever really know what people are going through unless we shut up. I mean, how can we have sympathy if we don't know what we're being sympathetic for? How can we be like-minded if we don't know the mind of Christ? How can we have brotherly love if we don't know our brother? How can we have a tender heart and a humble mind if we're only thinking of ourselves? I'll tell you, I have struggled with this for a long time. God's been working on me for a long time. And every once in a while, when I think I'm doing pretty good, pretty good, God will reveal a character flaw to me that I, he thinks I need work on. If you think I'm preaching to you today, you're wrong. I'm preaching to myself. I'm talking to myself and letting you listen in. I've been trying to open my mind to all situations for some time now. Last couple of years have been tough and given us a lot of time to reflect on things. I found that I have many flaws in the way that I think. I found that I, I don't really know people the way I thought I had did. It has led me to question everything I know or thought I knew. It's taught me that I have to listen to people that I disagree with. And I found that, I found that my mind may not always be changed, but my understanding usually is. I've found value in the thoughts of others. I've found enrichment in conversations with people that I do not know. I've been challenged by God to allow information in that I would not have even given a chance to in the past. It's a blessing. I like it. Getting to know people different from me has blessed me more than I ever thought possible. I've always thought that I've loved people. But loving people just because they're people isn't really loving people. Loving people where they are right now in their lives, with all their warts and all their shortcomings and all their sins, this can only happen when you really know someone. When you can love that person, that's truly what Jesus talks about, what he modeled. It's what he commanded us to do. I know it's hard. I know for a fact that getting to know people is hard and scary, especially if you're on the timid side. For example, about 13 guys went on a fishing trip yesterday, many of them from this church. We had a great time. I mean, it was. It was fun. It was joyful. And we got a chance to be with some guys that we haven't had the opportunity to spend time with before. I myself spent a good portion of the day talking to Leo. It was fun. But I was as I was going over this sermon last night, sermon last night I, I realized that even though I was spending time with Leo, I never really got to know any more about him than I already knew. We talked superficially, but the only uh, thing I know now that I, I didn't know before was that I like Leo. He's a great guy, friendly and personable. But we had some real quality time that should have allowed us to get to know each other more 
on a more personal level, and we never quite got there. I think most men are like this. We can talk to each other easily as, as long as we don't talk about things of substance. Women are much better at this. Liz can talk to someone she's never met in a grocery store, and 10 minutes later she knows their entire story, everything about their family, and can make they, them feel like they've known each other for years. It's One of the things that's attra attracted me to her when we first met. Anyway, God spoke to me last night through this sermon. He let me know that I missed a great opportunity to get to know one of my brothers in Christ in a deeper way. We need to be able to share with each other, even us guys. I know a lot of people, I, I, I mean, I personally know a lot of you people here today. But do I really know you? How can we have brotherly love if we don't know our brother? How can we love people where they are right now in their lives, with all of their warts and all of their shortcomings and all of their sins, if we don't know them? I know, I know more about some of the women incarcerated in Chicopee than, than I know about some of you here today. That's on me. I need to take more time getting to know people so that I can sympathize with them, have brotherly love, have a tender heart and a tender mind. You know, when we can do this, it's a blessing to others and a blessing to us. I've seen it. The blessings it brings to your life are joyfully surprising and, and often unexpected. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Verse 9 of today's scripture tells us, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Think of this verse the next time you're on Facebook. Don't fall for the trap. Bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Meet people where they are. Listen to their stories. Participate in their cultures. Eat with them at table. Do not be judgmental. Be humble. Hear the desires of their heart. They're usually the same as the desires of your heart. Mourn with them when they mourn. Be joyful with them when they are joyful. Be a blessing. Receive a blessing. Be like-minded, following the example of Jesus, loving God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul and loving your neighbor as yourself. Amen?